0: Hey there welcome to the snakebird podcast my name
1: is josh and i'm steve together we invite you to join us as we explore the mysteries of scripture the realm of god and freedom through christ so spread
0: out your wings and
1: slither in place because this is, is snakebird. snakebird
0: hey welcome snakebirds back to another episode of the cast we're talking about how to study your bible we've already done part one and we're jumping right back in with part two what do you think steven let's hit it all right here we go I wanted to talk a little bit about um, studying the Bible without using other resources necessarily, unless you absolutely have to. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the verses that we talk about a lot is 2 Timothy 2.15, which says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. And I think i shared this story and please forgive me if I sound like, remember that time I was in Africa? Because <laughs> I never want to sound like a bragging about going to Africa, but we went um, for several different reasons. But one of them was to put on a pastor's conference where the actual presentation was teaching pastors how to teach the Bible using only the Bible. Mm. Because the Bible is going to be the best tool with which to interpret itself. Mm. And so um, I've come across two very similar methods I would recommend on learning to study. And they're both virtually the same. Just one seems to be almost more fitting in the personal devotional realm of study. And the other one seems to be uh, more fitting for the broader side of discovery and lends more to teaching, I've found. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so the first method is called SOAP. And it's pretty uh, easy-to-memorize acronym that stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. So let's say that we're approaching a passage that we're studying. You've got your S for Scripture. And I say this is more devotional because some that present SOAP Uh, say that you're supposed to select an individual verse from your reading and focus on that verse specifically, whereas the method that I'll mention after this is more presented as dealing with larger uh, portions of Scripture. And so the S, again, stands for Scripture, and it tells you to write down a verse from your reading that stood out to you. Copy it word for word. And then the observation is answer, what are my observations about this verse? Who's speaking? Where? Why? Why? Those kind of questions. Your application is ask, how can I apply this verse to my life, or how does it apply to my present situation? And then prayer is, what does this passage, observation, and application lead me to pray for in my life? So that's SOAP, and I really appreciate the mnemonic acronym for remembering this. I think it's a good system. I know a lot of churches use that, and I think it's pretty powerful in the lives of individuals, especially if they approach that in their devotional reading on a daily basis, Yeah, the SOAP method. So that's the first one. Another method that I wanted to mention is called the inductive Bible study. And this was an approach that I learned in Bible college, and it's really stuck with me from the day that I heard it. I remember the teacher taking a passage of the Bible that I'd read multiple times and breaking it down using this method And it really brought life and color to a story in a way that I'd never heard or seen it before. It was Luke chapter five talking about Jesus. And I say this jokingly, hijacked a tired fisherman's boat (laughs) to recruit him to his team through showing him how to grow in his faith. And it's a simple cut and dry story, but that didn't mean that there was so much more to be observed, interpreted, and applied from it. And it's really been a game changing method for me and how I study and read the Bible. And so... Um, again, I said, it's called inductive Bible study, where you essentially ask, what does it say? What does it mean? And what does it mean to me? And I've seen this presented as either three, four, or from what I learned today, even five steps. And I'll go over all of them, uh, pretty quickly. So number one is observation. You want to dive in, visualize, try to imagine the scene or the context with which it was written or how it played out. As much as you possibly can, you want to flesh it out in your mind. If it talks about a dry, hot day, you want to visualize that. If it talks about Jesus walking out to the well where the woman, uh, the Samaritan woman, is, you want to just picture, like, what did this town look like in in this day and age? What would that have looked like for him to do that? The scandalous nature of it all, things like that. And this is really where I like to think that we have to get out our Sherlock Holmes hats Mm -hmm. and take on the role of investigator because we wanna ask a lot of investigation type questions. Who, what, why, where, when, and how? And, and we ask, who's speaking? What is this about? Who are the main characters? What is the subject being covered? What did you learn about the people or the context surrounding the event? Uh, when will something happen to someone? Um, where did this happen? Where was it said? Why was someone mentioned? Why is this going to happen? And then how is it going to happen? How is it done? And and I know, you know we're, we're talking about child's play stuff. But when you talk about observing, it really starts to open up the context context of what's going on in that passage. Uh, And then you want to make a note of keywords or themes. You want to watch out for comparisons. Um, One illustration of this is that verse that says, if my people will humble themselves and pray, then I will hear them from heaven. You know, it's an if and then situation. Yeah. Um, You want to also deal in sections. So you want to look for conclusive words like finally, Therefore, thus, for this reason. And you'll start to, as you train your brain in this way of studying, formulate sections outside of just the superscript in the chapters that give the little headings And like I said, it will really make the Bible come alive. So you're not just going to say, uh, Paul goes to Malta, (laughs) you know, you're going to see like Paul on his missionary trip in the third leg of what he's doing. You know, it just, it comes alive. That's intriguing. Yeah. And, and what's neat about this is it really helps guard against like speed reading or relying on your memory because you've already, uh, read this and, and visited this passage or just giving up on a passage because of a your familiarity, b your boredom, or c your lack of time. And and I find that the inductive Bible study really gives you an opportunity to savor God's word. Yeah. And again, come alive. Yeah. So, that's observation. Number two, you have interpretation because you want to find out what the text means.
1: That makes sense.
0: Yeah. And so we just want to discover what is the author trying to communicate? And here's where you ask a few more questions. Like, what is the cultural and or historical context of the passage? And that's where some of these books really come in powerfully.
1: Yeah, like customs and all that.
0: Exactly. Um, Or the dictionaries. Yeah, yeah. Ungers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, What else do I know about the book, author, or broader context of the passage? Uh, What other scripture passages might help me better to interpret this one? And I'll mention this in a second. Have I overlooked anything or made any assumptions? (laughs) That's a big one. Yeah. Uh, And what is the clearest meaning of this text? And then when you're trying to interpret, here's some rules you want to remember is don't twist scripture, meaning don't manipulate the text to get it to say something you'd like it to say. That's just not a great way to rightly handle God's That's word. a really bad way. <laughs> uh, look for the plainest interpretation first. Believe that the text means what it says. Sometimes there will be figurative language and confusing imagery, but don't start by looking for hidden meaning. Start with the obvious, and then, if you need to, work outward. Yeah. Uh, scripture interprets scripture. Allow the Bible to help you understand other passages of the Bible. Where some similar words are used, explore the context of each of those instances. Dig into the Greek and Hebrew, if you're able, using things like Strong's concordance or uh, the various online resources we just talked about. Avoid basing important doctrine on obscure passages. How huge is that? Yeah.
1: <laughs> we, we did an episode recently, didn't we, Josh? Yes, we did. Yeah. I can't yeah. Even remember the name, but it's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Connect each passage back to the gospel when possible, and then the broader message of the Bible. And if you're not sure on something, don't teach it. File it in as, I don't know yet, but waiting for further clarification. Yeah, that is very important. Because I know pastors who have been teachers for 40 years that still say, there's still some in their file that says, I'm not quite sure yet, waiting for further clarification. I respect that. Yeah, me too. And I think just even them saying that has given me a lot of freedom to go, okay, I don't have to have every single answer.
1: Yeah, that's very true.
0: So that's number two, observation, interpretation, and then there's correlation. And this one is sometimes shared, sometimes it's not because... When I was taught, I was taught with three or four. And so it was like observation, interpretation, application. And like one teacher was like, ha ha, I'm going to throw in one more. (laughs) I have one more. (laughs) Yeah. And so it's correlation. And uh, the question is, what else is being said and or explained about this? And this is where we find and gather other passages or verses in the Bible that correspond and relate to what we're studying. Um, like I said, letting the Bible interpret the Bible, because there are parallel passages that shine a light on a scene. Kind of like um, you have First and Second Samuel sometimes overlap with First uh, Chronicles. Mm-hmm. And there's times where it's like, oh, that added more light to this. Or another way is the synoptic gospels. Mm-hmm. Matthew, Mark, and Luke also have a lot of stories that are told very um, similarly, but also give a little bit of different tweaks.
1: Yeah. Same with some of the Old Testament prophets like Isaiah and the prophetic things Jesus said. Yeah. Daniel revelation. Yeah. And
0: it's exactly for stuff like this, where I appreciate that we have Bibles that have built in cross references in the margins. And so that's never a bad thing to have. Or the Thompson chain reference Bible, (laughs) which when you get one of those, you're like, Oh my gosh, every single verse points to another. Yeah. Because there's a lot. And so correlation I think it's really important. Some people go ahead and just loop that in with interpretation. You can make it your own thing. So
1: that would be like, you know, you had mentioned the the first um, reading, the simplest answer, whatever, and then you work outward. That'd be kind of the outward step of correlating. Yes. It'd be kind of, all right, there's something else here. It's not just necessarily the simplest way I'm reading this. And you would kind of correlate it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like putting together um, where Genesis says that, you shall bruise his heel and he shall crush your head. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, all of a sudden you're like, wait, this goes straight to Jesus, you know, and you start yes. just pulling different passages that you're like, these all line up. Yeah. Yeah. So that's really interesting. Yeah, It is. It is. Um, and then number four, you have application. And so you want to apply the truth. The study has revealed by asking, what is this that I've read or studied mean to me? Yeah. And, and Um, you know, all I could think of was like James one because some people I feel like they study the Bible just to have that head knowledge, Mm -hmm. but it never changes them on the inside. Yeah. And James one, twenty-two through twenty-five says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently at the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Mm. And so, of course, with application, there's some really good questions that you can ask. Um, I found a few that I'd like to share, like what changes will I make based on what I read? Or how will I implement these changes? What steps or actions will I take? What will my prayer be regarding my applications partnering with god so it's not just behavioral modification yeah what passage should i memorize is there a good example in this scripture for me to follow like david or jesus or joseph not not samson (laughs) (laughs) right hashtag not samson is there a pothole here for me to avoid Is there a failure from which I can learn? That sounds a lot like a profile. (laughs) Uh, Or how does this make me a stronger follower of Jesus? Application is not the hardest thing to understand, but it is one of the hardest things to implement because it means that we have to change something. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, we have to that sometimes repent and go a different direction. And so, um, okay. And then here's number five. And actually number five was just presented to me the first time today when I started um, doing some of the research. And I was like, I've never heard this one. But the fifth one, if you're wanting to add it to your Bible study, would actually be meditation. And what it says is like, not only are you observing what's in Scripture and then interpreting it and then uh, connecting it to other parts of Scripture and then applying it, Uh, The last part would be meditating upon it. And um, they were talking about how the Lord gave these commandments to the children of Israel. He said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 9, These commandments I give you today are to be on your hearts, impress them on your children, talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. And so meditation involves a lot of activities, which it can be praise, prayer, um, talking or recalling memorized scripture, or even just worship. And I just thought that's a neat thing to do because um, even Psalm chapter one says, I want to be like that tree planted by the rivers of living water. Um, meditating on what I've heard. Mm -hmm. And I just think that there's so much stuff that tries to occupy our brains all day long. Yeah. That meditating on God's word is not going to be a a harmful
1: thing for us. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, I'm reminded right now of Jesus's first miracle because i feel like the the best wine has been saved for last in this yeah. episode. <laughs> I feel I feel like uh, the stuff you just brought Josh is really the heart of the topic. Um using the bible to interpret itself, mm-hmm. all of this and, and how to apply it as we read it and, and just using god's word itself to do all that. Yeah. Because a lot of the stuff we talked about at the first um it's stuff that can help you. It really is. Um you you can learn uh new things. You can grow your knowledge that way, but nothing like the living word of God, just using it the way God gave it to us. Yeah. And so I, I really appreciate um, all of that that you brought. And that's really cool on on how to observe, apply it, all mm-hmm. of that. That's, that's some really good stuff. And I would encourage you to just to try it. Yeah. You know, even if you do a, a an online
0: Google search of, observation interpretation application and then just put bible Mm -hmm. and do an image search because there's going to be images of where people have taken different passages of the bible and they've circled keywords or highlighted them and then they've started asking questions and you can kind of see other people's process in this and it's just it's really powerful and like for me like I said, it changed the way that I looked at scripture. Yeah. Like there used to be times where I'd be scared to approach a subject or a certain passage. And now, if you approach it with this,
1: it still might take a little while, yeah. But a lot of times, you get the sense. Yeah. Well, when you like, like you laid it out, if you place yourself in the scene, a hot day, if it describes it, all of that stuff, it really helps you get into the story. Yeah. Some valuable, you know, things to think about.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and it's like I said, it's just it's changed my walk with God, and it's changed the way I read the Bible, and and um, I think that would be just another, I guess, final exhortation that I have would be. Um, you know, we talked about paraphrase and we've kind of jokingly talked about the Josh translation or the Stephen translation. Okay. I'd say that sometimes when you study, don't be afraid to put it into your own words so it makes the most sense to you. And, and I wouldn't say rely on only your translation because that can be kind of come heretical down the road if you come and you're like, I have made my own Bible, which yeah, be actually, careful with that. I know some people that have done that. <laughs> um, but don't be afraid to put it in your own words if you need more understanding. But I'd also say, try to set aside daily time for God for quiet time and devotion. And then I also say, set aside time specifically for study and reflection. Mm -hmm. If you can, maybe it's just half an hour a week, Yeah, whatever it is, say, I'm going to look at this chapter of this book and, and maybe take on the gospel of John, or maybe take on first John, something that is meaty enough to get your attention but also not so difficult that you're like, I went to Hebrews and I'm destroyed. You know? <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and then, um, you know, another challenge might be to, um, as you're dipping your toes in the water or maybe you, man, maybe you're a Olympic swimmer, read the Bible in a year, Yeah, you know, get on board and say, Hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to get this thing from cover to cover. And again, mm-hmm. it's not about doing a checklist and it's not about fulfilling a, uh, uh a goal, yeah. but it's about God's love letter to us and how, even from the story of Job or the end times, um, stuff in revelation or the beginning in, in Genesis where you're like, wow, so much has happened. There are applicable situations for everything in God's word for us.
1: That's true. And, you know, even for Josh and I, it's, it can be tempting for certain teachers to be like, well, I've been preparing this message all week. That's my quiet time. Uh And it it really can't be, um, you've got to get in the word with God, um, if you're a teacher out there or a pastor and you probably already know this, but you really do. You need to spend that quiet time with the Lord, that personal one-on-one, not just, you know, preparing a message or whatever, which I know that's not relatable to yeah. probably 90% <laughs> of you out there. Maybe it is. I hope it is. Yeah. But uh, that's just one thing I thought about yes. as you said that. Cause I thought about myself, you know, yeah. look yeah. in
0: the mirror. No, I agree. Cause
1: I've, I've tried. <laughs> yeah. it, I, I've done that before. Yeah. You know, there's been weeks. It's just been hard. And I, I, I tell myself I don't have time which is not true no but uh yeah but you end up dry you do you end up really dry because you're not
0: soaking yourself and yeah I know that sounds gross (laughs) it's it's a weird
1: analogy but it's like sound like me trying to help my (laughs) snake shed (laughs) 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 Uh, that wasn't a stupid joke i actually have snakes oh he he does he does let's cut that okay (laughs) actually just leave it and and leave me saying cut that okay which one whatever (laughs) you want
0: you know the the psalm 23 the shepherd psalm yes so (laughs) this this might sound weird but the shepherd would know where the oasis was But it also says he makes me to lie down in green pastures. And when you read the story from the perspective of a shepherd, you find out that shepherds actually had roundabout paths that they would take their sheep on because their sheep would graze and it would eat that grass in that area. And then they would be like, okay, we need to move on because there's going to be more grass over here. But every morning there would be dew on that grass and it would be enough to hydrate the sheep until they could get to that next oasis to actually take like a deeper drought and so um one of the applications made by a shepherd doing the inductive bible study was actually that every day when you're getting up and you're having that little bit of grass and you're getting that little bit of dew that's like your personal devotion time of hydrating until you get to the oasis which would be like your church service
1: Okay. And so, you know, <laughs> that's a neat way to think about it. Yeah. That.
0: And there's so much even there. So I would just encourage you, Christian, don't let your main Bible study be coming only from the pulpit on Sundays or Wednesdays. Yeah. And don't let your only
1: source of water be coming from those times as well. Ooh, that's good. So, yeah, those are great words. Um, the only other thing that I, I really had on the topic was, uh, you know, the heart behind Bible study in the first place. Yes. Um, I love how the New Living Translation, after I bashed it earlier, <laughs> renders 1 Corinthians 8, 1 through 3. While knowledge makes us feel important, it is love that strengthens the church. Anyone who claims to know all the answers doesn't really know very much. But the person who loves God is one whom God recognizes. So as we strive to know God's Word better, we should also have a, a constant magnifying glass on our own motives for the reasons why we want to know Scripture better. Um, it, it, is it so we can look smarter, more spiritual, or is it so we can know our Savior better and share Him with others? Uh, these are questions that we should always revisit within our own hearts and minds because we also know in 1 Corinthians 13, uh, we could have all the knowledge and mysteries of God that a human could possibly gather but if we don't love, then it's completely useless. So we definitely encourage every one of you out there, get in God's Word. I mean, as deep as you can possibly go. Mm-hmm. But as I've heard it said before, you know, believers shouldn't just read the Word of God. We should let the Word of God read us. Yes. So we do encourage you, get in God's Word and let Him change you. And, and He will. Mm-hmm. And we hope that you can use some of these tools that we've brought this episode to, to help you do that better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I would say if you're having challenges and you're going, I still don't get it or it's still not that great to me, then reach out. That's what a community of brothers and sisters is for. I've been
1: there. Yeah, Yeah. That's okay.
0: Yeah. And and I feel like at times it's the whole faith is a muscle. Some of these things actually take a little bit of stretching and and ripping and growing before Mm -hmm. it starts to feel like a natural thing. And so I I would just encourage you that if you start to study and you're like, nothing's coming, Mm -hmm. you know, don't give up. And if you need, reach out because we're going to try to be as great of an encouragement resource as we can. Yeah.
1: The the muscle analogy is very good. Or example, (laughs) if you've been spiritually bedridden for a really long time, those muscles are going to need a little help getting started. And
0: I'm not like huge into saying that the devil doesn't want you studying your Bible. But, okay, I'm going to say it. He doesn't. The enemy really doesn't want you studying your Bible. And so if all of a sudden you're like... (laughs) you know, it's like a huge cloud of dust comes off the sucker. All of a sudden, like you're going to wake up uh, the enemy against you. And and, you know, there's going to be probably some spiritual warfare. Like
1: there will be, there really
0: will airplane mode on your phone is not a bad deal. You know, for the five or 10 minutes that you're saying I'm setting aside to read or the half an hour, whatever it might be, I would just encourage practically try to limit your distractions because even as somebody who did this for a living, I'm still not that great about it at times. And I'm like, oh, man, I need to to do better at making sure I'm not distracted because I hate that. That email cling, that, oh, yeah. that ding, and you have an email and you see the little red dot, and you're like, go
1: oh, away, hey, I don't yeah. have time
0: for you now. Yeah. You know, but because even I need to take my own advice and roll with it, you know. So, yeah,
1: yeah. something we all got to do.
0: Yeah. And, uh, if you do need resources, if you do need help, reach out at uh, connect dot com, or send us a direct Facebook message. We'd love to hear from you on this. And and if any of these things that we're suggesting are actually helping kickstart your Bible study uh, chops, then we'd love to hear about that as well because that would really um, hyper ignite our fires, knowing that you're you're rolling with us in this.
1: Yeah and and maybe you knew all this that we presented today and maybe you know someone that needs to hear this yeah give us a five star rating and review it'll help push us out there to people who do need to hear these type yeah. of topics and that can connect with us and, and share with us and reach out to us yeah. too so that would really help the podcast if you give some uh give some reviews
0: and push that share link on the socials and all that stuff you know what it is yeah yeah so. cool All right, snakebirds, always remember whatever you do, wherever you go, no matter what life throws at you, there's never been a better time to get in the Word of God, to study to show thyself approved, a workman who need not be ashamed, and be a snakebird.